myself out of the house. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to give God glory anyway. We're going to uh, give him glory anyway. All right. Wednesday night Bible study. Make sure if you Eddie, if you haven't all make sure that you share. Please, please, please make sure that you share. Uh, we're still in our make room series. Um, I believe that the last uh, two weeks room for the word have been uh, uh, filled with information. We'll put it that way. It's, it's been filled with information. And we'll try to continue that this week. All right. Uh, we're going to try to continue that this week. So uh, make sure you share uh, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another day. Thank you for another chance, another opportunity. Uh, we thank you for your spirit that gives us conviction, understanding, and revelation of your word. We ask that you would do that right now. Uh, we ask that every one that hears this word be better for it. Uh, we thank you, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's go to, so listen, we're still in the, in the make room series. Uh, the last two weeks of a Bible study, um, we did make room for the word part one and two. Uh, it wasn't even designed to be two parts, uh, but we ended up making it two parts just, um, because we didn't want to rush. We didn't want to have to, uh, we didn't want to have to rush through or force anything, uh, so we ended up making it two parts, uh, and I believe that we were blessed for it. Uh, I also believe that um, what we're going to be discussing tonight flows with uh, the vein that we were in the last two weeks. Okay, uh, so tonight we're going to uh, be discussing make room for prayer. Make room for prayer. Uh, this is going to be make room for prayer uh, part one. I don't know how many parts this is going to be just yet, uh, but this is Make Room for Prayer, part one. I told you over the last couple of weeks that uh, your your first stop for answers uh, should not be prayer. Or I, I, think I, I think I put it this way. My first stop for answers uh, is not prayer. My first stop is the word. I go to the word first because... The word already has uh, the answers that we need. Uh, and then I told you that I then go to prayer for further understanding of, of the word that's already been given, right? Uh, because, because we understand that because we have completed scriptures, because we have the completed scriptures, there's no real reason for God to be giving a new word uh, simply uh, potentially new revelation on the word he's already given. So then we then can go to the word first for our, for our answers uh, and then go to God in prayer for understanding, revelation, application uh, for those things. So we'll start tonight for prayer. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to use First uh, Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 17, as our focus text for tonight. Okay. Uh, and as y'all know, uh, this is Bible study. 
Okay, so we're gonna be we're gonna be scrolling through. So you need to make sure you got your notes. You need to make sure uh, you got something to, to write down. If you're taking notes electronically, you need to make sure uh, that you have what you need to be able to do that. And this is Bible study. Okay, all right. Uh, my job is not to preach you happy to. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna learn and we're gonna progress. Uh, in our understanding and relationship with God. So First uh, Thessalonians 5.17, uh, the shortest passages of Scripture, uh, one of the shortest verses of Scripture, uh, but also one of the most familiar, simply says, pray without ceasing. All right. First Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. All right. Now, before we get uh, too far into scripture. Before we get too far into scripture, now, now let me give you this 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 uh, disclaimer. I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. All right, <laughs> I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. However, uh, I do want to. I don't want to assume that anyone knows anything either. All right, uh, there's people watching through all walks of life. All right, so we need to make sure that everybody uh, gets what they need. All right. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of what prayer is. OK, uh, so to say pray without ceasing uh, seems extreme. Right. Some translations say never stop praying or always pray or pray continuously. Right. Um, that 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 can seem uh, a little overwhelming. Uh, it can seem unrealistic, uh, but I want us to have a clear understanding of what prayer is first, and then uh, I believe that this text makes a lot more sense. So here's here's uh, the Jordan Bartlett definition of prayer. Very simple, communication with God. All right, communication with God. All right. Now. Uh, so, so now we understand when it says pray without ceasing, what, what we're really reading is continuously or continually communicate with God, right? Keep the lines of open. Keep the lines of communication open. Very simple, right? But then I want us to understand what communication is. Because I believe that many of us have a false sense of what communication really is. Okay. Uh, Communication is not just about effectively, uh, effectively uh, speaking, right? It's it's not about uh, how good of an order you are. It's not about uh, your 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 verb usage. It's not about uh, the depth of your vocabulary, right? Communication is actually a bilateral act, which means it it's it. It's two parts, right? So that means when when uh, when communication is happening effectively, you have one party that is that is that is speaking, and you have one party that is listening. Okay, so effective communication means that 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 one party is not always doing the same thing. Okay, so. So that that's that's Bartlett definition of communication. If you if you look up 
an online definition of communication, and we'll, uh, I think it was just up, but we'll put it up again for you real quick. If you look up an online definition of communication, you'll find these words. Communication is the imparting or interchange of thoughts, opinions, or, or information by speech, writings, or signs. Okay. By definition, by definition, communication is imparting or interchange of thoughts, opinions, or information by speech, writings, or signs. Okay. So, so when we read a text that says, pray without ceasing, that simply means that our line of communication with God needs to function in a way that we can constantly and consistently both uh, transmit and receive messages uh, to and from God. I hope, I hope this is making sense to you. I hope this is making sense. All right. So, so, so when we, when we read a text that says pray without ceasing, and I've said this before because I believe I've taught this text before, the, 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 the Bible is not telling us to be on our knees 24 seven, right? Pray without ceasing. Um, is, is about a particular mindset, okay? Praying without ceasing is about uh, not a physical posture, but a spiritual posture. So not, not to physically be on your knees for 24-7 praying to God. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything else, including the other commandments of God, if you were on your knees 24-7. So that can't be the reality behind the text, but the reality is actually a spiritual posture that says I am in constant and continuous communication with God, meaning that regardless of what I'm doing, regardless of the time of day, uh, I know that I can speak and hear from God uh, continually, right, or continuously. So, so when we talk about pray without ceasing, I want to make sure that we can make that distinction uh, because I don't want us to get overwhelmed or feel like this is an unrealistic expectation that's been set on Christians that that we wouldn't have the capacity to to follow through on. OK, so I wanted to give that um, before we really get into uh, before we really get into tonight's uh, study. OK. Now, normally, uh, normally I am a three-point preacher teacher. Uh, that's just the way that I was taught, and that's the way that I that I normally do it. Tonight, uh, we really only have one main point, right? And and we've got a couple of sub points within that. Okay, so uh, remember, um, if 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 you're if you're with us uh, tuning in with us for the first time. Uh, remember, feel feel free to put 
any questions that you have in the comment section and we'll make sure that we address all the questions. Uh, but I want to make sure uh, that we effectively uh, get an understanding for uh, the importance of making room for prayer. Now, here is why, or here's one reason why, let me say it that way. Here's one reason why it's important that we make room for prayer. Okay. Because when we talk about what we make room for, what we're essentially saying is these are the things that we're prioritizing. Right. So when we make room for the word, that means we're prioritizing spending time in the word of God, not just to read, but also to understand. Right. So we're prioritizing. So when we make room for prayer, we're prioritizing prayer. We're making a point. We're making a point to uh, express the importance of prayer. So. Uh, here is one reason why I think this is important, uh, why it's important for us to continually pray or pray without ceasing. And here's your one major point for tonight. Write this down. Your priorities determine your productivity. Priority determines productivity. Okay. Now, one uh, uh, of, of a good example of that is Philippians chapter four, verse six. OK, uh, one of my one of my favorite uh, passages of scripture, because it, 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 it's a scripture that settles me. Right. It always settles. me. So we have uh, it's a, it reads this way. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. <clears throat> okay. So here's, uh, here's what I want us to see first in Philippians 4 and 6. I want us to understand that um, the more you make room for prayer, the less room you have for problems. All right. That that's that's probably good enough to write down. The more you make room for prayer, the less you have room for problems. Because the text says says don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything or in all things, by prayer and supplication, along with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Now, here's what we have to understand or what we should understand is the fact that much of our anxiety in life is for fear of the unknown. Right. So uh, some would say that that there is a distinction between rational anxiety and irrational anxiety. OK, some 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 mental health experts would say that there's a distinction between rational anxiety 
and irrational anxiety. Rational anxiety are things that we get anxious about because, because the, the possibility of these things happening is pretty high. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, you, you, it's not something that somebody would think you were crazy for worrying about, right? Irrational anxieties are things that, are, that we worry ourselves about that aren't even likely to happen, okay? But here, Philippians 4, 6 says to be anxious for nothing. So whether the anxiety is rational or irrational, the Bible is telling us to be anxious about nothing. Now, first and foremost, we got to be honest about the fact that we do have anxieties, we do have worries and concerns. We we do, we do. If if you're a parent, you have you have anxieties that you know as it pertains to your children. If you, uh, uh, many of us, especially with the with with the the way things are going now, many people are are anxious about their employment situation or lack thereof. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people have anxiety about uh, the state of their health or you know the state of their relationship. We all have some things that worry us, right? But then the Bible then comes back and says, don't worry about anything. So the question is, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what do you mean don't worry about anything? What do you mean don't worry about my kids? What do you mean don't worry about? Well, here's the thing. What we're, what we're, what we're understanding through this text is, is that 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 you can replace your anxiety because your anxiety comes from the fear of the unknown or the fear of what you can't control but then if we understand that we can that when the text says be anxious about nothing don't be anxious about anything the text is really encouraging us because we can either get the answers from God or even the answers that we don't get from God, we can still settle in the fact that he is in control, right? So, so when you make room for prayer, there's less room for problems because when problems arise, and you, once you pray and you put it in the hands of God, we talked about this on Sunday. Once you pray and you put it at the feet of Jesus, when you put it in the hands of God, you can let it go and move on to what's next. Right. So the more room you have, the more room you make for prayer, the less room there is for problems, the less room there is for worry, the less room there is for anxiety. So. What we essentially get through prayer specifically is that we can replace our anxieties with answers. Okay. We can replace our anxieties with answers. So we get anxious, we worry, we pray, or we go to the word, then we pray. God gives us an answer. God always gives you an answer, but sometimes his answer is, don't worry about it. We have to be careful not to confuse. This is the thank you. You can write this down. Uh, be careful not to confuse answers with explanations. 
Okay? Be, be careful not to confuse answers with explanations. God always will answer you either through his word, through his written word, or through the communication that you have with him through prayer. Because remember that by definition, communication says that, that, that things can be imparted to you by written word, spoken word, or signs. And that's just dictionary.com. That, that definition didn't even come out the Bible, but it sounded like it came out the Bible. So, so God will, God can give you an answer without giving you an explanation. And so sometimes we get discouraged in our prayer life because we've not accepted God's answer because we're waiting for explanation. And sometimes God, God's answer is don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. That's an answer. So now we can replace the anxiety of this issue or the anxiety of this area. We can replace that with an answer. Because sometimes God will give us an explanation and, and, and now that should settle our anxiety, right? And sometimes God won't give you an explanation, but he'll still give you an answer, but it will still, it should still settle your anxiety. So now you can replace your anxiety with answers, but that only comes when you've made room for prayer. Okay. Now, now catch this. We still in Philippians four, six. Catch this, be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer, so in everything by communication with God and supplication. Now, moment of transparency. I've taught on Philippians 4.6. I've preached on Philippians 4.6. I've been preached to on Philippians 4.6. And I've been taught on Philippians 4, 6. But somewhere along the line, I missed the definition of supplication. I'm not saying it didn't get taught. I'm not saying they didn't preach it. I'm saying I'm, I'm going to put it on me. I missed it. I've got the don't, don't worry about it. I've got the don't be anxious. I've got the don't worry about it. I've got the I even got the thanksgiving. I got all that. Missupplication. Here's what, here's what I love about supplication. Supplication actually implies humility. So watch this. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about anything. Every prayer or communication with God, supplication and humility. Okay. Here's why I don't want you to miss that. Here's why I don't want you to miss that. This, this what I'm about to say next could take your prayer life to the next level. It could. Maybe some of y'all already knew what supplication meant. I didn't. This for, for those of y'all who was in the same place I was in, y'all didn't know. This could take your prayer life to the next level. Here it is. 
because supplication implies humility, why would the Bible tell us to go to God in prayer with humility? If the Bible tells us to go to God in prayer with humility, that has to mean that we have the propensity to go to God in prayer in arrogance. I'm put this on me. I don't know y'all business like that. Let me put this on me. Here it is. Sometimes we can go to God in prayer as if he owes us something. We can go to God in prayer as if he owes us something and try to justify it by attempting to use his words against him. God, you said whatever I ask in your name. Mm. Okay. So we we got to be careful. We got to be careful that when we go to God in prayer that we that we recognize and remember that prayer is a privilege and not a right. So we're actually going to God in prayer. We only have that privilege because of the grace of God. And he has to distribute grace because we don't deserve the privilege. So we might want to tone back the aggression when we go to God in prayer. Notice, notice I'm saying, I'm not saying to limit your expectation. But I'm saying to be aware of your presentation. Because because I remember, I remember, I remember the, the, the seasoned saints saying stuff in church like, if he's never if he never does anything else for me he's already done enough and if that be true then how or why do we go to him in prayer with a level of arrogance instead of entering into our prayer room under under the gall of I'm, I'm telling you I, that, that I, I understand that sometimes, sometimes when I preach and teach, some of this stuff might not be for y'all. Some of it might be for me. That that was for me. I, I missed all my life. I missed the supplication piece. I missed the importance of humility. God in prayer. I, I miss the importance of humility when you go to God in prayer. So now, so now, now, and I, I'm, I'm going like off to the deep end because, but I got to give you this now, because we understand 
that supplication is about humility, now the and thanksgiving takes on a whole new meaning for me. Because, because, because initially, I would preach it in a way that says the and thanksgiving is you can start thanking him now for doing what you prayed to him for. But, but, but now, because of the understanding of supplication, now my and thanksgiving is I'm thankful that you would even hear me. I'm thankful that you would even take the time to listen to me. I'm thankful that you've granted me the privilege of prayer in the first. Forget what I'm about to ask for. I'm thankful that you've given me the privilege to ask. And then because of your nature and because of your character, give me an answer, even if your answer is not an explanation. So, so, so the, the, the supplication implying humility, when we go to prayer, when we make room for prayer, understand, here it is, that your prayer life or the growth of your prayer life or the development of your prayer life is not doing God a favor. You are not doing God any favors by strengthening your prayer life. Thank you to the 21st century prophet Kendrick Lamar. Prophet Lamar said, sit down and be humble. <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing God no favors. Okay. Now, now that we understand that, we still, listen, we still in Philippians 4, 6. Now that we understand that, now he says, after you've got that understanding, after you've taken that spiritual posture, now let your request be known unto God. Let, now, now let your request be known unto God. Look at this. Put up, put up Matthew 6, verse 7 for me. Matthew 6 and 7. Says this. And when you pray, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. So, as you're making your request known unto God, here it is. Be clear, not churchy. Because, because, because here's, I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I would love to pray, but I don't know how. Now watch this, watch this. This. We will tell people 
Our prayer is simple. It's just, all it is is having a conversation with God. Just, just, just talk to him like you would talk to anybody else. Now, now here's the reality. <laughs> the disciples spent every day with Jesus himself for three and a half years. And they still went to Jesus and said, Master, teach us how to pray. So, so I used to, I used to think that you did not have to be taught how to pray, but that actually goes against scripture. So, so then we get the Lord's prayer, and that is a skeletal blueprint of what a prayer should consist of, and we'll get into that, but not tonight. That's not where we're going tonight. But I just want us to get to the point of understanding that that you're not impressing God by using a bunch of churchy vernacular and fancy words. You're not not impressing God. You're not. Now, when we study the Lord's Prayer, we will find, we will find that that there is uh, that there is a part of that where we where we give adoration to God, right? When, when we get into that study, we'll find that we'll find that uh, that that there is a place for prayer in prayer uh, where we give adoration to God. But 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 sometimes here's the thing. We we ought to give God adoration, but you can't really suck up to him. So so sometimes what we'll do is we'll we'll try to fluff up our prayer because we know we're about to ask for something that probably ain't in his will no way. says this is this this is bible y'all it says and when you pray now mind you mind you uh uh i didn't even, i did, i didn't even list matthew matthew 6 and 6 matthew 6 and 6 talks about when you pray go into your prayer closet which means when when jesus is tell, talking about that he talking about a a lot of people know how to give a fancy prayer in front of a crowd. But a lot of them prayers ain't making it no further than the ceiling. I don't care nothing about your fancy words. What I want to know is can you get a prayer to heaven? That's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I, I, I need to know. I don't need to know if you can make it sound good. I need to know, will it reach God's ears? That's what I need to know. And so we need to get to a point where we, 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 we understand Matthew 6 and Matthew 6, 6 and 7, right? So, so he, he says, don't, don't, don't just, don't just say stuff because it sounds good. He, that's heathen behavior. 
you if you're going to go to God in prayer, you might as well talk what's real. Or else don't waste that time. Talk what's real. If you're going to communicate, communicate for real. All right. All right. Now. Your uh, priority determines productivity. We understand. We understand that if we prioritize prayer. It limits the, the, the amount of room, the amount of space we have problems. Because if you if you. That, that's on Philippians 4, 6. But if you just if you just so happy to go to verse 7, then you'll see and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Right. So here's what it is. If you can if you can replace your anxiety with answers, you'll have peace. So the more room you make for prayer, the less room you have for problems and the more room you have for peace. OK, so priority determines productivity. Now I want you to look at St. John 15, 7. St. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, I done seen and heard a lot of preaching where we'll use John 15, 7 to get some amen, some hallelujahs, some give me seven laps around the sanctuary. I've, 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 listen. <laughs> and, and a part of the reason why that happens is because we only, we, what, what, we'll highlight, we'll highlight, you will ask what you desire, it will be done for you. That's the part that we highlight. We highlight the B clause. We'll say we'll say we'll say the A clause. We'll say the first, but we put some emphasis on that second part. Okay. Now, here's what I want you to understand. If you breeze past the first part, you're actually cheating yourself. Watch this. Write this down. If you pray for what you need, you can get what you want. I'm going to explain it to you in just a second, but write it down. If you pray for what you need, you can get what you want. All right. Many of us, many of us have limited the effectiveness we've limited the effectiveness of a prayer because we pray selfishly i i i've 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 said this before and i I'll, I'll i'll keep saying it until i die a major part of your prayer life needs to be God make my desires align with your desires for me. 
If you're a member of Abundant Faith, you've heard me say this before. This ain't nothing new. You've heard it before. A major part of your prayer life needs to include God, please change my desires for the desires that you have for me. Why? Because when you want what God wants for you, you'll never be disappointed. One more time. If 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 you if you want to always get what you want, then want what God wants. Because what we oftentimes do is we will have the here it is the arrogance, right? We ain't going with supplication. We will have the arrogance to ask God to bless something that he didn't ordain in the first place. We didn't freeze. I just needed that to sink in for a second. We, 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 (laughs) listen, we, we will have, the unmitigated goal to ask God to bless something that we never got from him. Watch this. John 15, 7 says this. If you abide If you abide in me and my words abide in you. What did we, what did we teach the last two Wednesdays? What what did we teach the last two Wednesdays? Make room for the word. And y'all looked at me crazy when I said your first stop for answers should not be prayer, but it should actually be the word. And John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and what my word abides in you. Part A, make room for the word. Part B, make room for prayer. Here it is. Look. Look, I'm showing it to you. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you got to make room for the word first. Then you will ask what you desire and it will be given to you or it shall be done for you. Why? Because now that I made room for the word of God and then made room for prayer, I've made my desires, or God has made my desires his desires, so how can he tell me no for what he desires for me? Okay? So, so here we are, here we are, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but and all things through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request be known unto God. Matthew 6, 7. But don't pray using repetition and, and, and a bunch of big words. John 15, 7. But make sure when you pray 
that your prayer is aligned with my word. Because if your prayer is aligned with my word, then I can give you what you want. I just told you when you pray for what you need, which is a change of desire, you'll always get what you want. <laughs> I hope this is making sense. The problem is the reason why we're upset with God is because we're doing the reverse. We're praying for what we want and we're receiving what we need. And we think that God is going back on on his word when in all uh, we, we, we feel like God is going back on his word. But in all actuality, we're going away from his word, not him. God has consistently said, I'll supply your needs. He, he's consistently said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you what you need. And he does say, I want to bless the desires of your heart, but your heart must first be aligned with his word. All right. This is the last of it. This is the last of it. Now, we're talking about we're talking about praying for what we need to receive what we want. But, Pastor, how do I know what I need? I'm going to read it to you. Romans chapter. Romans chapter eight, verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I love it. Why? I love it because even when I don't really know what to say, the Holy Spirit can interpret my intentions. This is this is this is why this is why even at a young age, uh, uh, even uh, I, I think pretty much everywhere thirty is considered young, right? But I'm talking about I'm talking about even before even before thirty. I I always I always had a respect for the older generations because because the older generations uh, had less accessibility to information and in many cases had less education but but they but they they knew how they with limited vocabulary and many of them couldn't even read but they knew how to get a prayer through I mean I'm talking about I'm talking about how how you you got some folk that 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 made it through through North American slavery and couldn't even read, but they knew how to get a prayer through. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will even interpret your groans. So even even when I don't know, even when I don't know what to pray for, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like like some of y'all, some of y'all on the live, some of y'all on the live, y'all y'all saw 
y'all's y'all's mamas and daddies and grandmas and granddaddies and they would be sitting in a room by themselves in a chair and they would just be rocking back and forth and just humming I mean, I mean, tears falling down their face. Just hum they ain't said a word. They just humming. You, you don't, you can't catch the rhythm. You don't know what what melody it is. That you don't know what's going on. They they just humming, and and somehow somehow Mama's prayer was keeping the the the, the baby. Somehow, somehow mama's prayer was 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 watching over her, her baby uh, while she was out in the streets and and sleeping with whoever and smoking whatever. And and, and somehow them 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 hums and them groans and them moans uh, uh, at two, three o'clock in the morning was keeping food on the table. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was interpreting even when I didn't know what to pray for. This is, this is a gift of God. The Holy Spirit is a gift of God. The Holy Spirit will interpret for you even when you don't know what to pray for. Here's the last thing I got for you, and then we're going to get out of here. So, so your Holy Spirit interprets your needs. Your Holy Spirit will interpret what it is that you need to be praying for. But then your Holy Spirit is the guarantee. It's the seal on it, right? It's the seal. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 24, Mark eleven twenty-four. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you have them. Now, y'all looking at me crazy on the screen because this text say nothing about the Holy Spirit. This text, this, this, Matthew, uh, Mark eleven twenty four, don't say nothing about the Holy Ghost. But here it is. You got to go back because I told you, I told you the Holy Spirit will interpret your prayers. Your, your, the Holy Spirit will interpret your needs for you. So here it is. Because I have the Holy Ghost as my intercessor, because I have the Holy Ghost as my interpreter, because the Holy Ghost is my middleman, I can be confident and what the Holy Spirit is interpreting to God. And then the Bible says that God's word will never return back to him void, but the Holy Ghost is God. So if the Holy Ghost is talking to God, then God's word will always do what it set out to accomplish so because I've got the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is my intercessor, my interpreter, that is the guarantee that my prayer will be answered. Have, we, we have to make room for prayer. We got to make room. We got to make room. You, you are, you're missing out. And, and, and here... Here's 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 what I want to put on this. Here's what I want to put on this. We're not we're not prioritizing monologue. 
we're not we're not prioritizing a begging session. We're not prioritizing a space filler. We are prioritizing effective communication with God. Watch this. We'll probably touch on this next week, but here it is. James says it this way. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. The prayers of the righteous will avail. Here it is. If the prayers of the righteous are what avail, how do I become righteous? I only have righteousness through Jesus Christ. I told you the last two weeks, you can't really have a real relationship with Christ unless you got a relationship with the word. So if you got a relationship with Christ and you got a relationship with the word and you're aligned with his will, he becomes your righteousness. So your prayer will always avail. All right. We got questions. Okay, let's get questions. See what we got going on. Okay, we put them on. Okay. But is there any way he communicates? Yeah, so so the question was, is any way he communicates? So, so so that goes back into what we were discussing the last two weeks, right? That 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 so, so essentially what we're getting at is as we prioritize the word of God as we make room for the word and we're making room for prayer that is all a part and and we'll dig deeper into this in in the next week or two Uh, we'll dig deeper into it but just to answer the question those two things together uh, uh, equal our meditation, right? So remember I told you early on that by definition, communication is the imparting or interchange of thoughts, opinions, or information by speech, by writings, or by signs. So what we understand is John 1 and 1, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? So there is no separation between the Word of God and God himself. So we got to make ourselves available to receive whatever he has in whatever form he wants to give it, whether it be speech, whether it be writing, or whether it be sign. Okay? Answers the question. Hope that We got another question? Okay. It's a little bit of a of a delay, so give me a second. All right, here we go. It's prayer of privilege because we have a choice. Um, no, prayer is a privilege because you really don't deserve it. That's what makes it a privilege. So to be able to have to be able to have communication with with a God 
that cannot be in the presence of sin is a privilege because in order for that to happen, grace has to abound. Okay? So, so what makes it a privilege is the fact that, that we don't have the right to it, but it has still been granted to us. The opportunity has still been granted to us. I was always taught to start prayer by saying, our father. Is that how you're supposed to address God? Well, I, I think, and again, I, I, can't, I can't really go into that too deep. Uh, that's going to be for the, <laughs> for the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll probably spend probably another two weeks on making room for prayer. Uh, when, when the disciples said Jesus teaches us how to pray, of course, he starts out our father who art in heaven right um so essentially he is acknowledging the deity of god right and god is our father but your prayer is not going to be more or less effective if you start a prayer with our father if you start the prayer with dear god if you start the prayer with hey pops if you start the prayer i, I don't i don't i don't believe that your prayer is any any more or less effective uh, with, with starting it that way. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you from a personal place, I've started prayer with, yo, God, what is up? That, that's me. All right. Um, what's the difference between going to God in faith versus going to God in I'm assuming that means arrogance. Okay. What's the difference between going to God in faith, going to God in arrogance? Um, so here it is. Faith says that we believe that God can and we believe that God will. Arrogance says he owes us that. Okay. God doesn't owe us anything. Okay. He's not obligated to anything. Once again, he, he does what he does because of love and because of grace. All right. Uh, how do you prioritize God in prayer when everyday life struggle steers you away from praying? That is actually the definition of prioritizing. Right. It's saying that no matter what, I'm going to make space. I'm going to make time because here, here's the here's the hard truth that none of us really want to face. And that is this. If you're saying, and, and I say you, but I mean any of us, myself included. If you say that I don't have time to pray because of fill in the blank, what you're saying is that fill in the blank is more important to you than God is. And the problem with that is Whatever it is that we're prioritizing over God, we only have because of God. I love our children. Our children should not be prioritized over God. As much as we love our spouse, our spouse cannot be prioritized over God. As much, as, as, as much time and effort as we put into our career, your career should not be prioritized over God because God is the reason why you got what you got in the first place. And here's what here's what happens when you start to prioritize anything or anyone over him. 
you run the risk of him taking it away. Because God says, I'm a jealous God. You will have no other God before me. I'm a jealous God, capital G. You'll have no other little G's before me. So if you start putting some other stuff before me, I'll take it away so all you have is me. All right? So, so if that means, uh, hey, honey, hey, babe, uh, for, for, for these next 20 minutes, uh, you, you on your own. Now, now here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your time with God doesn't have to be your time with your whatever time you set aside, whatever you time, whatever time you prioritize, just stick to that. So, so I know that uh, for for probably about six years straight, my time with God was my drive to work. That's when I would I would I would put I would either I would I would do one of these uh, few things, or or sometimes there would be a little bit of everything. I would either be praying. Uh, I would either be be playing some music and having praise and worship by myself, or or I would put if you got the Bible app, trans there are certain translations on the Bible app where it'll read to you, right? And so that would be that would be my time with God every day. So so uh, if my wife called, uh, say what you gotta say quick, cause I I gotta get back to. I got to get back to my time. Right. And so because because I had to prioritize that. Right. For some for some people, uh, it, it's right before bed uh, and, and they they feel like that they rest better when the last thing they've heard, read or seen is the word of God. For some people, it's when they first wake up, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't matter what the time is. What matters is that you consecrate that time and that you prioritize that time. So that whenever and whatever it is, uh, uh, that it is God and God's alone. Um, is it true you don't have to be long to be strong? Uh, that goes for the for the word in prayer. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think I think essentially that is what Matthew six and seven is really telling us. Um, sometimes you can just get straight to the point. All right. Uh, there is no there is no time minimum on prayer. There is no time maximum on prayer. Obviously, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That's our our major text. First Thessalonians 517, pray without ceasing. So there can't be a time cap on it. There's also no minimum. Y'all want to. Are there any more questions? OK, this. This is this is the last thing I'm gonna say. We'll wrap it up. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a cheat code that works for me. Okay, might not might not work for you in the way that it works for me, but let me give you a cheat code real quick. One of my most effective prayers. I'm gonna let y'all into my prayer life. I know we're supposed to pray in our prayer closet, Matthew six and six. Uh, says go go to your quiet place and pray. But I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna let you in on my prayer. I'm, I'm gonna let you in. I'm gonna let you in. Here it is. One of my most effective prayers. God, thank you. 
I, I, can, I can get that off about 150 times a day. One, one of my most effective prayers. God, thank you. Not, I'm not asking. For, I don't, it ain't no explanations. Ain't no but. But I mean, I'm still breathing. Thank you. All right. Okay, we're gonna continue. Uh, we're gonna continue over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're gonna continue over the next couple of weeks with making room for prayer. Uh, I want you to do this though. I want you to do this. I, I tell y'all this, and I think y'all. I think I'm playing. I think y'all be thinking I'm joking, but I, I want y'all to go back and really study some of these scriptures that we went over tonight. Because I, I only gave y'all one verse, so. You know, you really don't have a lot of context. So I want you to go back and study the point, study the scriptures. Um, and as you as you restudy, uh, you've already been lecture. You've already had your lecture hall. OK, so now as you go and study, uh, if you come up with with questions uh, through your personal study, bring those next week. OK, I'll, I'll uh, media team remind me, remind me uh, next week. Before we start into the lesson, uh, I'm gonna give opportunity for y'all to throw in the questions from 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 this week before we go into the lesson next week. Okay, uh, and and if we don't have any, then we'll just go uh, we'll just go straight to it. But I want you to I want you to, I want you to study. Okay, I want you to study, and if you have questions, because uh, uh, we had good questions tonight, I love it. We had good questions tonight. And so if this carries over and, and you further your study and you got more questions next week, we'll address those before we go uh, into the to the. Next. All right. OK, uh, let's get let's get a couple quick announcements um, and then we'll get out of here. A couple quick announcements. Number one. If God has laid it on your heart. Uh, to sow a seed tonight, if, if, if you feel led to give. Uh, to, to the body of Christ tonight, you can do so virtually via Cash App, Dollar Sign, Abundant Faith Church. Uh, and I think, I got to double check on it, but I think we'll actually be adding Sunday another giving option. Okay. Uh, I think we'll be ready for that on Sunday. But uh, right now, you got Cash App, Dollar Sign, Abundant Faith Church. Uh, if you want to bring or, or, or send in, uh, your gifts, you can do so. 1500 North Tibbs Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46222. All right. This coming Sunday, 25th, is Pink Sunday. We are honoring uh, our breast cancer survivors. Uh, we are honoring our breast cancer fallen soldiers. Uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so we're honoring uh, those uh, who have who have and are uh, fighting the fight against breast cancer. So it is Pink Sunday. So I'm telling you now, uh, I'm expecting to see some selfies in the comment section on Sunday. Uh, y'all been going, uh, what, let's see, this is October. Uh, so y'all done been seven months. Uh, y'all ain't combed ahead or nothing on Sunday morning because y'all ain't been coming into the sanctuary. Uh, but but at least look decent from the top half. Uh, take your selfie wearing your pink on Sunday uh, and put your put your selfie in the comment section as we honor those uh, uh, and bring awareness to breast cancer. Listen, do your research. Breast cancer 
is 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 a slayer uh, to our black women. Okay, uh, and so we want to make sure that we honor that we honor the the these strong, beautiful women who are uh, continuing to fight this fight. All right, uh, especially if you bought your 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 uh, uh, Faith Works breast cancer apparel. Uh, we we absolutely want to see that. All right. Um, so we got that Pink Sunday. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, make sure you all are are, are ready on Friday. Uh, Faith Works Friday. Get your Faith Works apparel. Uh, take your selfie, even if it's an old one. Post it and put the hashtag Faith Works Friday. Uh, I'll be going live on Friday, and and maybe we can get a couple testimonies about uh, how Faith has got some people through. Uh, but other than that, we will see you at 10 a.m. sharp on Sunday morning. Uh, we still making room. We still making room. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really liking this series. I'm I'm really loving this series. And so I don't know how long God's gonna let me uh, work it, but uh, we're gonna ride it out as long as He say so. Uh, so we'll continue on Sunday. Let's pray. Uh, and let's get out of here. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another chance to go into your word, God. We we thank you for putting it on our hearts to prioritize prayer, to make room for prayer. God, we just ask that right now you would help us to do just that. God, we don't just want to fill space, but we want our prayer life to be effective. Uh, and we want our prayer life to grow and be strengthened. So, God, we ask that you help us to do that even now. God, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that you would dismiss us uh, from this Bible study but never from your sight. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, and it's in that name we say amen.